Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world. Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We've got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing. The greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our Triad membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass up us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. We have some developments, things that have taken place. Many of them are good things, by the way. There are a couple of bad things, but there are some good things. I want to get the good things out of the way because we all like good news, especially during this bear season that seemed to get progressively worse, which we are going to talk about today on our episode. But I want to get the internal first because I think it's important to know where we are as a brand and our process and everything that we're doing so that you have a sense. So my client continues, not the saga continues, my client continues. I had some really good conversations. There's still the roller coaster ride still in place. I have the sense that one of them may actually be listening to one of my shows, possibly, because they asked me the question straight out of potentially leaving. And I told them, I'm not going anywhere as long as I see that we're making progress. And they they have affirmed to me that they are working to make that progress. And I've my frustration hasn't been them. It's been above them. There's a lack of what I call self-actualization. The idea that somebody sees a problem and they work to actually fix it. It's the same issue I have with crypto projects. We see that there's something wrong and we don't want to do something to actually make it better or improve it. We just sit on it and keep going and make the same mistakes over and over again. And I don't know why that's the culture. I don't know why that seemed, it didn't used to be this way, you know, and I'm an older dude, but I remember times when we pushed for excellence. I actually talk about that on one of my episodes on casual talk radio, the sister podcast about people striving to be better, people wanting, pushing themselves to do more. That's lacking. And some of that I can blame social media, but in this case, the people that we're dealing with, I'm pretty sure are not social media. I think there's just a lack of the structure that we once had in the workplace, and that's driving a lot of it. Since I'm a consultant, I'm my own boss, so I technically can call the shots on whether I stay, whether I go, what hours I work, and so they're they see that I've got the skills that they really need. And now it's just kind of hand-holding them through the process of letting go of bad processes and getting to more efficiency because that frees up my time. I want my time to be used effectively. I don't want to waste, as I gave the analogy before, something I look at and it might take me 30 minutes in their process would take me days. And that's got to change because I need to make sure that the time, it doesn't matter I'm getting paid for it, right? It's I want to make sure the work I do is the best work I'm going to do. Because that's how I get the reputation. That's how I get the the referenceability. That's how I do all that. And when I actually first talked to them, they even asked the question of a different client that I had. 
And I gave the example where they did the same thing. It's like they were pushing back on my solution, didn't listen to me. And they said, why? And it's because that's just how a lot of companies are. They don't let the specialist guide them. So eventually I had to let them burn their finger to know that fire hurts. That's where we are with my client here. It seems like it's getting better, but we're not quite there yet. I did get my next payment for my contacts. So we're good as far as the money aspects on CTR, the brand and me, the individual. Now I got a great call earlier today. This was kind of out of the blue. Um, it was a contact that I had before. We did business a long time ago with a different client. This was in um, March of 2020. And he set me up with this, another client out in Texas, decent client. They've actually been in the news. So I'm not going to share their name, but I liked working with the client. I liked the work that they had. They accepted the rate I wanted. The relationship was really good. The work style was really good. They pretty much let me do whatever I needed to do. COVID hit them. Um, and unfortunately they had to kill off the IT budget. So they weren't able to pay me as a result. We had to terminate that contract two weeks after I started. So I got a little money out of it, but I felt bad that I wasn't able to go back in. And this particular contact reached back out recently and said, you know, I have a different one and this one's out in Florida, but they need basically the same kind of work. It's the same kind of structure, same similar to terms. The rate will be a little bit lower in this case. I'm actually okay with it being a little bit lower. The term isn't exactly what I want, but I'm actually okay with it because if we can get this second deal signed, it'll, from a numbers perspective, it'll pretty much put me back to where I was in late 2019 pre-pandemic after just one month of working additional because of my first client and working with them. So we're working hard to try to get the second client signed. This doesn't affect everything I'm doing. It basically is the same thing. I work with the clients and get it to where they're doing the most efficient work. And it doesn't require a lot of hours from me. I just say, here's how I do this. It'll take me 30 minutes and we're done. And then the next time they need me, they call me. So I want you to consider this great news. If we can make this second deal happen, there's no guarantees on it. Sometimes these clients come with weird requirements. What I was assured with the contact in this case, which is a different contact than the first client, I was assured that in this case, they're kind of in a desperate mode where they really need somebody of my level of skill that can kind of move quick. So I'm excited to kind of get in, make that work. It's not necessarily work I want to do, but I'm okay doing it. And we just have to create a process. And if we can close this deal, as I said, it puts me back after one month, it puts me back to pre-pandemic levels in my financial situation. And what it would potentially open me up to do is then I may can, I can openly consider whether or not I go and continue with my, my first client. And if I do, do they still require me to move up there? Because if they require me to move up there, it actually makes it easier to work with second client because of the time zone differences. Right now, I'd be three hours out from the second client because they're in Florida. So there's possible benefits all the way around. So we're excited. We're working hard to make this all happen. Let's go ahead and talk really quick about the triad. In our weekly, I gave the announcement that yes, we have indeed launched a token for our triad radiance members. If you're listening to the podcast, and you're new, we welcome you. If you're not new, we still welcome you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you missed the episodes. I mentioned that one thing I was building for the triad membership. If you're curious about what I mean, check out CryptoTalkRadio.net in the upper right for the triad member link. It'll give you the different tiers. Triad Radiance is our top tier. Triad Radiance members will have access as what I scoped to airdrops of any tokens that CTR, the brand, creates or receives and we want to pay that back to our members. So one thing I was doing 
was to create my own token so I can show a different way of doing a cryptocurrency because this was appealing to me. I wanted to show that there's a different way that we can do this that still drives value for the members, but minimizes a lot of the risk. So in this case, the token is created. I'm not going to share its name as of yet to the open space. I want to get the tribe members off and running with their airdrops. We have some audits that we're doing, including my own internal audit, because now that I'm a certified auditor, this is a good exercise to kick the tires. So far from what I see, it's looking really good. Don't have any concerns. I also reached out to the EverRise folks about getting on EverOwn and EverLock. Seems like that's a go, so we can start that process. The next step then is to figure out the logistics. When we actually do the launch, I have to build the airdrop mechanics and then the link from the member portal to this deal that I'm creating, and then we're off to the races. So for those that didn't know and have never seen this, again, I encourage you to go to the tribe member link on CryptoTalkRadio.net, get up to speed with it if you've never heard of the tribe membership. But the way it works is that for every month, that a person is a paying Triad Radiance member. So there's three tiers. It's only for Triad Radiance we're talking about. For every month that somebody is a Triad Radiance member, they will get access to this airdrop that we're going to provide for this token that I've created. This token doesn't require a purchase. In fact, it cannot be purchased by design because it's not designed for any purchase or buy sell at this point up front. It is a distribution that we give. The best analogy I can give you without spoiling what I'm doing, because I don't want to spoil what I'm doing, is consider it a collectible in a way. I thought about doing NFT, but the problem is that the first token, there's two in scope. The first token doesn't really matter for the collectible. The second one does. However, the first one has a collectible attribute to it. So suffice it to say, the Triad Radiance members do not have to purchase that token. All they have to do is be a member We're going to set up where they're going to provide the facility for me to basically accrue this token for them as long as they're a paying member. As every month that you maintain the membership, you'll continue to get the airdrops. Anybody that joins later, the airdrops would then start from the date that they joined. So we have some members that were legacy members, meaning that they started from earlier. So they're going to get true up airdrops first. Then everybody net new will start from day one. So there are some people who would have more airdrops than others, but it's not because they did anything other than they happen to be a member up front. We think that's a fair way to bring this out. There's not going to be an ICO. There's not going to be an ITO. There's not going to be IDO. There's not going to be any of that. No pre-sales, nothing, because it's not designed for the public, quote unquote, to transact it at this point. Later, then as a community, the Triad Radiance community, we would then decide if that's something that the community wants to do as to open up to the public for buys and sells. If you think about how that's all structured, it's very similar to the way that kind of ESOPs work and ESPPs. So for those outside the United States, an ESOP is an employee stock option plan and ESPP is an employee stock purchase plan. And these are basically contracts that say, so like for options, it'll say, okay, as as an employee for your seniority, for your tenure, we will issue you a number of options that you can use if and when we go public. And they have some value, but they're really kind of in reserve for a later point. That's similar to what I have built here, is that we're issuing it kind of like as this agreement, as part of your, as as a thank you for being a member, we're issuing these. So if this sounds appealing to you, again, all you have to do is be a Triad Radiance member and you will get access to that token. Now I'm going to stress something very here and now, very important. 
we are not baking the radiance around that token. It is one benefit that just happens to be the only additional benefit for the radiance tier. But there's a whole slew of other benefits. Many of them are already out there. So we've got the smoke reports. Those are populating and they're the extended reports using our audit strategy. They're going out there now. We have the weekly video. So that's with me. And we have an AMA structure. Frantic is one of our members has already taken advantage of that as well. We have our Discord channel and the Radiance. All different tiers of Radiance have their own different rooms and things built for Radiance and Titanium and Cobalt communication. We have our guest video. So when we record video with our guests, if they want the smoke, you get to see the video of it, not just the audio. The podcast people always get the audio. And that's you're going to hear that first uh, here today on today's episode. I'll get to that in a second. So there's a lot of other perks I want to stress with being a triad member in general, also being a triad radiance member specific just so happens to be this token. If everything I've described to you is sounds appealing, all you have to do is be a triad radiance member and you will get access to the airdrops when it's released. So that's my call to action to you. If it sounds curious and you're on board, I can tell you two things, hundred percent straight away. This token that I'm building is completely immune from the crypto crash because of the way it's built. It doesn't care about a crash now or present. It doesn't really even care about a bull or a bear market. It doesn't care about any of this stuff. The second token will care to some degree, but the second token as built, which doesn't exist yet and hasn't have a name yet. The second token as built is actually going to benefit in a bear market from a, from a token perspective, from a, from a liquidity perspective, from a health perspective. It'll actually thrive in bear markets, it's built around those. It'll still work in bull markets, but it'll thrive in bear markets as built. Second with all this, I'm gonna be tying these into the EverRise ecosystem with EverOwn at minimum. EverLock will apply later, plus there'll be EverSwap at some point, I'm sure, with the second token. There's a lot on deck, all of which will be made available to anybody who's a Triad Radiance member. So if you are curious about everything I've talked about, all you have to do for that is be a Triad Radiance member. You would not have to spend any additional money for the token. So if you're interested, that's your call to action. CryptoTalkRadio.net, click on Triad Member, review the benefits of Triad Radiance, which is the third tier, the top tier, and its price. And I think when you see all the benefits and value, you're going to agree that it's well, well underpriced, and that's by design. Let's go ahead and get to the excitement factor. I have a guest. We have a token that wanted the smoke. We did a coverage on YouTube, on Leicester Live, on our YouTube channel, Basic Cryptonomics. And it was in response to one of our mutual members that asked us to take a look at it. We had covered this in our archives at CryptoTalkRadio.net on the podcast, roughly around December, November-ish, where there were a lot of issues back then. They had a lot of problems. Fast forward, and we were asked to cover it again. We covered it again. We saw a lot of changes, but we also saw that some of the fundamentals were still lacking. And what we did is we invited the CEO, his name's Mr. Adam Roberts, on the show to chat with us. Tell us about what they're doing, allay some of my concerns that I have personally, and tell the story about what happened, what was going on, and what the things that they're doing now to get everything in a better spot. I can assure you that by the time you finish listening to what he says, you will feel a lot better about the project if you were there back then. If you weren't there back then and you're just now hearing about this one, I encourage you to take a look at it. It's at hodltoken.net. 
take a look at the project and the things that they're working on building for the future. They're trying to position it as one of the best cryptos out there and they're trying to work on passives and they're trying to work it as a serious business. There's a lot still yet to be done. So you might see things like the graph, for example, that cause you caution, rightfully so. These are things that are, I believe, part of these fundamental challenges that Mr. Roberts is working to resolve. So without further ado, let's go and get right into this with the interview with Mr. Adam Roberts, CEO of HODL Token. All right. And we're live here with uh, the CEO of Hold or HODL Token, Mr. Adam Roberts. I want to welcome him to the show today. We have some back and forths and the preface for anybody listening is in the podcast at CryptoTalkRadio.net. We did coverage on HODL Token. This was roughly about December when we were invested and then we did follow on coverage in YouTube a few weeks ago, which is what inspired this conversation here with the CEO to come on and talk about the project as it was inspired by one of the listeners of our channel who wanted us to take a secondary look with all the different things that have happened since then. And we also had some follow on from additional people that said, though I was there, I know what you're talking about. It's different. So look at it again. So I want to have Mr. Roberts first present Tell us who you are, how you came to be in the projects. I don't believe you were there from fresh, but if you were, just talk us through what got you in your background and introduce kind of where the project is today. Tell us the story of where it is today and the evolution of the project, if you if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was a very early stage investor. Um, I wasn't um, part of the founding team as such, but I first invested, I think it was a early May 21. Um, and I was I was invested in a number of projects at the time, but this one caught my attention because of the name, the brand, uh, and then the community and the concept of what it was trying to do around passive income. You know, that was very novel at that time. And I think a lot of projects have jumped onto that bandwagon, but the project was really um, leading the way um, at that time. So I found it all very interesting and kind of very quickly got hooked and um, got to know everybody involved. And to 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 nutshell it, I, I sort of supported the project and worked my way up through the ranks as, as, as a mod and uh, worked alongside uh, the dev at that point and the wider team. And um, things went from there. Um, my background is I've, I've built a number of uh, technology companies um, and marketing businesses. So for the last 15 years, which is the length of my career to date, I've always been involved in, in web and building technologies and have also exited to some big companies like Michelin and uh, Book a Table. So I've had quite a good uh, 15 years of experience in, in building technologies and marketing. So... Uh, what really happened um, was that the dev at the who built the, the V1 token uh, was looking to move on from the project. And uh, myself and two other individuals put to him a proposal as to how we could take the project forward. Um, and actually, we didn't know at that point he wanted to move on, but he, he indicated at that point, well, actually, guys, you know, I'm looking to move on. So me and two other individuals took over the project. This was probably uh, from memory around August last year. And it's it's kind of gone from there. And uh, more recently, um, JG, who 
is 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 shuffled into the uh, CMO position. Said, look, you know, uh, you you know the project inside out, <clears throat> and are very passionate about it. Would you like to uh, step up to the CEO position? And that's what I've been doing now for the last uh, seven weeks. So I'd like to sort of say that you know I know the project inside out because I've lived and breathed it now for over a year and have earned my stripes and I'm now in this you know position to move the project forward and I feel that over the last six seven eight weeks since I took over we've achieved an awful lot and that that's my intention from here is is to do some amazing things with this project thank you for that question first for you because you mentioned August so the time time I came in came after this and when I came in it was at a time this I'm assuming it was still V1 at the time, and it was just before the move to V2 because of the where roughly I would have done the initial coverage. What happened is, what I recall, is they did an initial airdrop where they attempted to do the airdrops, and then at some point, the airdrops weren't working, they had some issues, and they had to do it again. And this resulted in a HODL 2.0. But in the wallets, what people were seeing was that, okay, I've got tokens but then okay disregard those we have to do it a second time in the reddit at the time because we weren't we weren't going to telescan we were going to reddit and we're getting background information from the devs and they said well it's we got it we're we're working it's done don't worry about it it's going to happen etc and the feedback i was giving at the time was i understand that you're working to fix it the problem is that a lot of people are very upset we were hearing from our listeners that you know, hey, why can't they get this right? Why is it this easy? Now we would learn later with tokens like Paratoken, uh, Satama very recently, that when you do the airdrop method, it just seems like it never goes well. Every project struggles with it, whether it's gas or whether it's network congestion or something seems to get in the way every single time. At the time though, we weren't seeing a lot of projects do of E2, of E3. It was somewhat of a newer paradigm for people. So I was simply saying, I'm, I understand you got issues and you're working to fix them, but is there a way we can try to allay investor concerns with the plan and just communicate? And there was a strong resistance coming from whether it was devs or admins, I don't know, but there was a strong pushback to just tell people exactly what's going on and own it and say, here's what happened. Da, 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 da. Can you talk to me about what was going on this, this airdrop period, which again, I think was November, December, this airdrop period where they were struggling with the airdrops and then what was the what was the postmortem? What was ultimately the, the challenge behind it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so at that point, I was um, <clears throat> uh, senior in the project. You know, I had access to the developer. So if we look at the uh, V1, the original token to 2.0. So the reason they made that move or we made that move was because... Um, there were a number of things with the V1 contract, obviously with it being immutable, that we couldn't change, that that seemed to be actually we want to do X, Y, and Z. And one of the challenges, and this is just par for the course, is as soon as you put something out there, somebody else comes along and does something else, and it's like a constant battle for innovation. So a decision was made based on a number of things weren't possible with the V1 contract to move to 2.0. Now, I had... The only person that had any insight into or made decisions around that was the dev at that time. So he he executed the upgrade of the contract and executed 
the transition from V1 to 2.0. Um, we were a bit in the dark about that transition because we had no involvement. But what I can say, it was a uh, manual migration. The, there wasn't an issue where a, a set of tokens went out and then they had to do it again. What what that I can recall, what what happened though was that, um, and I think I understand why now because I I actually personally over, oversaw the next transition, which we can discuss as well. But the the transition was done via the website, so you'd have your V one tokens and you'd have to go to the website and it would burn those tokens and you would receive the two tokens and it worked perfectly. The issue was that we had the uh, migration window open for, a, I think it was three to four months for people to do that. And that was incredibly problematic because there was issues with with arbitrage and there was so much manipulation going on. Um, but we had to keep it open and it cost us, I'd say, about $400,000 keeping that window open for, for four months, which is quite a long time. The team did their best to communicate that. Um, I would say... And this is something I'm working on at the moment that we, we've historically been a little Telegram heavy and a little a little bit Discord light, a little bit Reddit light. Um, but I suspect some of what you experienced, which I'm not defending, but I'm just trying to give you my honest view on it, was that there was a bit of mystery as to what was going on because there was only one person that really knew at that point. It was a manual move. So a lot of people just don't didn't kind of pick up on it despite our despite it was continually disgusting telegram it was going out across all our social media networks there are people that are just entirely disengaged so we did get people we still get people even to this day saying hey how do i migrate my v1 tokens from you know nine ten months ago so i think that was a challenge but there was a reason and it was never it never really bottomed out exactly why it had to be like that it couldn't be airdrops but i think it was because the liquidity liquidity on v1 was locked and subsequently, I've learned that actually, in that scenario, the airdrop would have been really problematic because of the liquidity being locked. So, and we kept the token running while that was going on. So it was a real challenge, a technical challenge. We, we came up with a different solution in 2.0 to move to the new token. And part of the reason we did that is because we moved to a proxy contract. Uh, and the reason we're doing that is because I, I, I see us as a technology company uh, that's there to generate passive income for people. And, and our smart contract is part of that. So I, we want to be able to iterate it. And we've shown some amazing stuff with with contract optimization. We've we've developed DeFi's most sophisticated solution to stacking rewards. Uh, we're doing some really cool stuff, but these things are happening over time. So we want to have the proxy contract for that. And we're making sure that what we're doing is, is very transparent around that. But V1 was manual. That caused some issues. There was a lot of... The thing that the community won't know was there was a lot of bad actors out there, other projects and individuals who were trying to manipulate and 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 cause harm at the time. And, and there was a lot of arbitrage, et cetera. So I think the team who, you know were dealing with this were slightly in the dark themselves because the dev didn't really share the ins and outs of of some of some of the reasoning and we're just dealing with continual you know uh fud quite frankly and some of that was coordinated by the projects to try and attack hodl because it was a real market leader at that point so i think there was a degree of fatigue in the team because for four months every minute of the day they were dealing with manual migration questions and queries and challenges the same stuff 
So I think there was a period when, for a few reasons, the team might have been a, a little triggered, as, as I know you mentioned in your last video. But I also, looking from both sides, I can understand why. Um, and I think the fact it was manual, which I understand there was a technical reason for that, probably further caused some issue. Um, but that that was my... How, that that's my, I suppose my reflections and what 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 I see, but I also would finalise by saying that anyone who was anywhere near our telegram would have just had such would have would have been sick of hearing about it, quite frankly, and the ins and outs of it because it was just like discussed every twenty minutes for like every day for like four months. People outside probably didn't get as much as in hindsight, you know, we would we would like to have given. So that's kind of my honest um, opinion on it. Let's talk about the proxy contract. And the way, the reason this comes up is because we're seeing now with investors in general in crypto, because of how many scams there have been, and I think everybody in the business knows the amount of scams is increasing, not decreasing. They're getting a lot better at how they cheat people out of money. And it's caused people to be even skeptical of Certic skeptical of audit firms, skeptical of KYC. And my stance has always been, all you can really rely on is the trust of the devs and that, that they do what they told you that they're going to do and they deliver at the end of the day. But there are newer investors showing up, younger folks coming in. And the first thing they go to, because that's the messaging that's out there, is always check for audit and check what the audit says. With the proxy contract, though as a technologist myself, and as a certified crypto auditor, I understand the benefit behind it. The challenge is none of the audit tools are up to speed with what that's doing because it blinds them to some degree if it's an auto tool. If it's a manual auto or excuse me, audit, then they can at least know, okay, there's this over here and this is what it's doing and this is what, what it is. But yeah. because it can change, they flag it as a risk. There's something that could be a risk to the investor because it could change because it's, it's now not locked my question for you is is there some way to have your cake and eat it too using mm. something like ever own for example to where the contract if they have some tool that solves it where you can still have the proxy but it's still at least aware and protected so that investors who are researching don't see it flagged because it you can call out no ever owns got it covered you can bet and verify that it's restricted but we have easier access to make the changes to get the benefits, you know what I mean? Like, is there some way that you can have your cake and eat it too? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this a lot. Um, for me, it's critical. Like the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is, is, is building and innovating. And I have a real fundamental issue as a technologist like you myself of the notion that a contract you publish today is still going to be valid in 10 years time because you, you cannot touch it once it's live and i think when you 10 10 years you know somebody refers to crypto as like dog years you know 10 years in crypto is like 50 years in the real world so i, I have a real issue with that it never quite sat right with me because this i remember when we put v1 live or when as we were moving forward there was constantly oh it'd be great if you could do this great if you do that can't do it can't do it can't do it can't do it so I think there has to be a happy medium, and I'm certain this is the way that we're going. The only thing I would say, though, is that I always get the sense that um, 
the true ins and outs of 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 how investors are protected is a little bit uh, gray because you can have an immutable contract that that's been audited but like you said if 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 the devs or the people behind the project are fundamentally bad actors they can still go and take the liquidity you know so i think i think what you said is right you fundamentally have to understand who's behind this project just like if it was was a business to be satisfied that you can um uh trust them and you know our i suppose solution to that is you know for a start um you can see me <laughs> i'm a real person um i'm doxed the team is doxed you know you can visit my linkedin i've got nothing to hide very proud of what we're now doing so there's that um we have a github for our contract so every I mean, I, I believe me, if you're anyone in our community will get a very much detailed update every time we update the contract, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, my, my other half won't listen to it, unfortunately. So like, I, <laughs> I'll tell anyone that will, oh, we've done this. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, this is really cool. And we'll actually say these are the things we've updated on the contract, and it'll go into our GitHub repository. So you can see those, those steps. Um Really interestingly, though, we had a conversation the other day in a team where, where we had this sort of hypothetical conversation around, well, what's the next stage? Because an immutable contract is like a really redundant piece of code, but a proxy contract has its kind of concerns within the market. So what's the solution? And I look at the tool you mentioned there on Everend because I, I really fundamentally believe it's the right direction. Like the, Some of the stuff we've done in five weeks to iterate our contract has been amazing. Like we've done some stuff that people have been screaming out for since May last year, just like that. So I think the transparency, the communication, using repositories, um, telling people the updates you're making, um, and just being a team that people can trust by your actions, by doxing, by communication is is currently what we're doing. But we have discussed, you know, what more can we do because we are on this pathway with the proxy contracts. I like I like that you got GitHub. That's good. The challenge, not challenge, but the difficulty, I'll say even for certain investors, some don't even know GitHub exists and yeah. GitHub tends to be challenging to navigate for certain people just because it's built that you assume that you're in it and you know code. And so the, where I try to do as the way I approach my audits is more of the market ready you know, low level investor, the layman investor, the outside the bubble investor that's coming in that doesn't know these things and what can we do to change the game with how we present the project ever own is the one solution I've seen to the big problem, which is I can take a contract and I can quote restrict it, but I don't have to renounce. And then the community, when we have a need to change something or a desire to improve it, we go to the community and say, we want to make these changes. And then the community using their stake votes and says, yep, we think that's a great idea. And when it votes pass, it unlocks the contract and you say, I just need it for two weeks. And then it relocks itself again, but you can always get access to the code. But the beauty of it is that you can tell that story to the investors that you can go to ever own yourself, independent Mr. Investor and see the code is protected and we can't make changes unless if you say that it's okay and you agree with the change. Because it's also, do they agree with the change? Because what we're dealing with now with liberal financial is an example. They're making yeah. changes because it's not renounced, but a lot of the investors don't agree with the changes being made because mm -hmm. of the way their structure works. 
Well, to me, as a the again, the market ready investor, I thought it was cool when I saw Ever Own said, I like the fact that renounce what it's supposed to do, but it's too restrictive. You get into this immutable situation. They need the flexibility to serve their investors, but how can you get the best of both worlds, which is we'll give yeah. the temporary lock and we'll let the community control that. Now it's a sell that the CEO can go to the community and say, you guys now are, this is truly a community project. I'm assuming that you're aware of the Terra and Luna and all that fiasco, having heard about it, they they claim to be a community type thing with the DAO, but then the DAO was built that the low level investor had no voice. It was always about the whales and that harmed sentiment to the point that both tokens are struggling. Well, I'm sure that's not what they wanted. Where, okay, well, what was the benefit of the DAO if it's not for all the community as opposed to the higher level? So the my feedback was today, I know if I'm an, if I'm coming in, a new investor comes in and they say Leicester. I'm new. I, I got a little bit of money. I'm in a, I have this, I have a third world country and I got 20 bucks to my name and I'd like some life changing money, but I don't want to lose what I got. Cause I still got to feed my family. I have to give them something where they got 100% confidence. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to take them away. And I'm looking for those projects that say, yeah, we can tweak and we can improve and get better. Holding the improvements I saw, were significant compared to what it was before in the presence and the the business minded and the people and the messaging. Then it was, okay, this proxy, I got to solve that because while I understand it, that's because I'm a nerd. My person over here, they're going to be like, but it says that they can change everything. So that's issue number one. Um, The issue number two, and I want to ask about this one, the liquidity appears to be unlocked. If that's by design, the other tool is called Everlock, same ecosystem. And Everlock, what it does is the same thing, but for the liquidity. So it locks the liquidity temporarily. You say, we need some, we need X thousands of dollars from the liquidity to run this campaign. Community votes, it unlocks it for a period of time, gives you access to it, and then relocks it again. So now you've covered every base, which is you can do what you need to do. The community has the authority of what you do and when and why, but it also is protected and they help protect against any sort of like sniper stuff and breaches. They have other things to it. So I was going to recommend at least look at those two ever own, ever lock and see if they make sense for what whole tokens doing. Because once those two are no longer flagged at that point, then it's like, okay, these guys are ready to hit the ground running once we get out of the bear period. Yeah. I definitely will look into those. I, I have I have come across them, but I haven't gone into them in deeply. But I have because uh, around about the same time that I first invested into into Hodel, I, I heard about Everize as well and invested invested into a little bit into that. Um, now I'm a bit boring and I literally only have <laughs> Hodel, <laughs> um, but I did hear about them because I thought it was quite an innovative project and and we'll check it out. Um, there is one thing, though, that's interesting that I would put to you as almost like a counter to that, because I agree with it in the main. But when it comes to making decisions as, as a company, uh, so, for example, my, my, my mind is literally wired with the optics of HODL, like because I, I get out of bed, I, I work on it until I crash, <laughs> I dream about it, I get up and repeat. So, so I'm, I'm in a position to see all of the optics and work with the team. 
and we do do uh, polls within the team. So, for example, we have a, a max sell um, cap of uh, an amount of tokens per wallet per 24-hour period. And we had a poll internally about should we increase that cap, you know, and head towards this level, and we voted on it. There are other polls where we voted, where we've polled the community. So we polled the community um, regarding changing the claims. So we were on one-day claim, but because the reward pool's a bit lower, uh, we've extended it to seven-day claim so that basically the system auto stacks your reward and you pay one gas fee on seven days worth of reward rather than on one day. And it, that was to help the smaller investor. So we did poll the community on that. And I think we had something like 93% say yes. So I do agree in the concept of what you're saying, but I would worry slightly that um, you, you, you are driving a business uh, by polling people who are engaged to very different levels and only have access to an amount of the overriding optics. I think it would be a very uh, unusual way to operate for, say, a company outside of crypto. And we're trying to run this a bit like a company. So that that's my only thing. And it's, it's kind of like we're on the we're thinking the same way. I think, you know, I could I could convince anybody through what we've shown over the last weeks that the power of our proxy contracts pretty amazing because it's like bang, we've done X, Y, Z, and we're gonna keep that going and all these cool innovations, like we did stacking rewards. But I do agree that there is this kind of misconception around around it or concern around it. And I do agree with some of what you said, but that those were things that when I did have those thoughts myself as well, I had slight concerns around, you know, is that it's almost um, uh, that could become slightly problematic, you know, polling on everything, in, in my opinion. But I, I do get it. Needs a bit more thought. I agree with I you. On the same path. 100% you know. agree um, in not running a business based on mm. the challenge. I think in cryptocurrency, it is particular in one small case that's starting to matter more to people, mm. which is that in cryptocurrency, people don't really have protections outside of crypto bubble. You have certain layers of protections, whether it's bank account protections or just general money laundering protections or fraud protections. You have multiple layers, at least in the U S you do. I know the UK you do and certain you have, layers of things that kind of help keep you safe all the way like Bernie Madoff levels, you get ripped off and eventually people did get some money back because there's levels of layers of protection that you can fall back on in mm. crypto. It's kind of, unfortunately, I don't know if you watched the show, but we did an interview with Joshua Sagala. Joshua Sagala was the person in 2011 that said, you need to buy this Bitcoin. It's going to be something and nobody listened to him. And he had said that ultimately we did crypto wrong which is we turned it essentially into a casino. It's basically a gamble for everybody getting in. You're gambling that it's going to succeed. You're gambling you won't get ripped off. You're gambling in trust. You're gambling in change. Like let's say Mr. Roberts gets hit by a train, a new leader comes in and they don't have the ethics that you do. And then all of a sudden the money's taken and run. That happened to Floki. Floki's a V3. V1, they rug pulled, they do a V2. And mm -hmm. then it rug pulls again, and then they have to do a DAO because they can't, they, and they have to lock it because they can't, they can't rely on trust like that in, right. to keep investors, and it's never recovered. So I, my feedback on those two is only to get the best of the both worlds, at least for now, until the crypto world gets to where we are self-regulating better than we do. I, I think in the bear period, it's like key opportunity to rethink how do we keep 
all investors kind of satisfied of we still yeah. need the control that we got, but we also understand that there's these this nervousness around scams, rug pulls and honeypots. And how do we use something, even if it's only for now, until we get a little bit more framework around regulatory and self-regulation and rigor than we do, not just for you, by the way, but again, if Mr. Roberts gets hit by a train, your successor may not have the same ethics you do. That's also in people's mind of, it sounds good now, but what happens if somebody else unethical comes in and they don't share the vision or they're just greedy or there's a dev, let's say a dev just gets a rough spot and they get desperate and they, this happened to green chart. Green chart was perfectly fine in the ethics side, mm -hmm. but the dev called one of the women in the community that they were attracted to gave that person a private key who drained the project. There's no way to anticipate that that could happen. But the point is, because that was allowed to happen, it created yeah. the risk. And that's making people nervous too. That's the only reason I bring those two up as at least something to look at and think about. Because mine is only to say, what all can we do that's not too much, but not, you know, it's a little, yeah. this is what we can, the best we can do to get 80%, let's say, of confidence in a project and where we're going. And then mm. the rest is going to have to wait until we get to a better regulatory structure, if that makes any sense. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm going to look at those two tools in more detail. Um, I do think it sounds good. Um, I do agree. It is a nightmare. You know, like the, there is, there is, the space is so problematic and I have a real issue with it because, um, yeah, I do. You know, I, I've always done the right thing because um, if we went on to be really successful and I've had to cheat to achieve that, it wouldn't be much of a victory for me. Um so it's not it's not what we're what I'm about and, and there are things I've been doing recently so for example as part of my moving into the CEO role with um JG who's moving from the CEO CEO role into the CMO role we've had like a proper um uh agreements drafted between us that even includes things like because uh, I was discussing this with one of the team that you know the IP that we create in this project belongs to this project so if I was to leave the project, I can't take the IP with me, you know? So, so we're doing bits like that. You know, we've, we've started to take people on everybody that we hire that is on the books that is paid to, to work for the company on a full-time or a part-time basis. They have a, um, a contract, which includes some of those clauses. Um, we have, we're setting up, um, uh, bookkeeping. So, uh, one of the first things that, that we did when I, moved into the position is we put onto the website our project funds so you can see how much is in our project funds folder and then the idea is is that we're going to start doing bookkeeping on that as well so you'll actually see what we've got what we've spent and you know some of the information about where that's gone obviously we're not going to give you the names of people that we've paid and stuff that would be a bit unfair on them but again it's that whole balance thing but these are the kind of things that you know I've done in businesses um, when we've had angel investors, et cetera. So I'm trying to bring it in into crypto because it is a massive problem, these things you mentioned. And it's dragging us down and it's dragging the whole space down. And I think, you know, this bear market we're in is is slightly driven by some of the greed off the back of the last bull run and the last several bull runs where people are developers and project owners, you know, are making too much money too easily they don't care it's it's like you say it feels more like gambling and 
we want this to be a technology company. So the bookkeeping, uh, contracts between HODL and anyone it employs, contracts internally between me and people on the C-suite, trying to layer more stuff like that in. Um, but yeah, we need more. So, it, it, you know, I, I know that after this, I'll be um, uh, thinking about all these stuff and having a look at Everize because, yeah, I, I think you're right. And and when, when I laid out my vision as CEO when I stepped in and the first thing on the list was was to improve community trust. Um, and then that cascades down into these some of some of these areas and we've ticked some of them off. But, yeah, we've got we're going to tick more off because I think you're absolutely right. Sounds good. Talk to me, if you would, on things that are new, meaning they're post the initial HODL strategy and mindset. So I saw HODL X. I saw other things that are in flight or in creation are already a thing. Talk yeah. to us about what has been created since the original vision that now is designed to push the company forward. Yeah, this is uh, this is the stuff that I really buzz off. Um, wow. Okay, so uh, we have done a really cool NFT range um, called Hodel Hands, uh, beautiful art. But we're about to launch a NFT staking pool, which I think is pretty cool. Something that I'm looking forward to. That'll go live on Tuesday, so you'll actually be able to stake your NFTs. Uh, we're then going to add to our NFTs that they enhance your experience of our ecosystem. And I think that's the biggest thing, the word ecosystem. That's what we're trying to achieve, a passive income ecosystem. And that's expanding. So the NFTs are a great way of making money because you can stake them. They're only 0.3 BNB. We've just done a flash sale before our staking pool goes live on Tuesday to get them for 025 but you'd be able to stake them. We then are going to do things like if you use our DEX, which is another product we developed, where you can swap tokens. If you're holding these NFTs, you'll get enhanced experiences like we'd like it that it would activate an auto compounding feature. Um, the DEX, as, as I just touched on, that was another big thing. Uh, HODLX is the reward token of HODL. And uh, the DEX, HODLX, dot exchange is is the exchange where you have a swap function um where you have um farms so you can be doing farming on our platform which is pretty cool uh staking pools all with very healthy aprs so you've got farming staking a swap nfts with utility uh, we've got our own dashboard and we're going to do a v2 that shows you all your investor analytics uh we're building poker so we're going to do a Texas Hold'em, that, you know, Hodlum. That would be, obviously, it has to be done with our brand. Uh, that's going to be a good revenue generator. Uh, we, we, we constantly have been iterating the contracts. So we've added the ability to stack rewards. So that's really cool because it basically is pretty innovative. Um, uh, we've come up with a way of being able to stack for over three years with a nominal gas fee of, of 80 cents, 90 cents which is unbelievably powerful for small investors. So that's like a, a product within the existing ecosystem. Um, we are, we've we got an app that, that's on the way, which is like a passive income generation app where you'll be able to see your current earnings, your projected earnings. Uh, you'll be able to buy a uh, fiat on and off ramp. Um, what else have we got? Um uh, we're going to do a, we, we've got a load of um, staking pools and we're going to do some more. One of the pools that I'm really keen to set up, uh, this will really help reduce sell uh, pressure on HODLX, the reward token, is that you'll be able to stake your HODLX and earn NFTs. Uh, 
And then by earning NFTs, you'll be able to stake and earn other tokens or get an enhanced experience of the wider ecosystem. So it's really expanding. I think there's about 12 different ways you can make money, different pools, different options. Um, you can uh, claim BNB through the main pool. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I'd point out is, is, is since the inception of V1, we've, we, we've paid out to investors over $3 million in BNB through our reward pool. You know, it's an unbelievable achievement. Um, so there, there is a lot of different ways you can make money. And we have the reflections as well. But I'll say those those bits I mentioned with the NFTs, the decks, the pools, etc., are some of the big things that we've added. We've also been building games because the next stage of that is you'll be able to unlock play to earn features with your HODL hands. So at the moment, they're just free to play, but you'll be able to do play to earn with those uh, Something that no, not many people know, kind of, a, I suppose, a bit of an exclusive is we're looking at also integrating into our decks a, um, a miner as well, a BNB miner. So that'll be another uh, revenue source. And we're about to start work on building uh, arbitrage bots so that we can uh, stabilize our price across all the different places. Uh, we have liquidity pools and some of those profits on arbitrage will come back to the central reward pool for investors to claim. So it really is, you know, it's becoming pretty, really cool now because we've got all these branches and different ways to make money. And that's really the focus is, is creating this money-making ecosystem around this incredible brand. And, you know, we're doing bits around the, uh, the uh, well, a lot around transparency and communication. But, yeah, we've, we've, we've had a good conversation about that, about a couple of other things we can look at. So... There's a lot going on. Uh, along with that, we're, we also launched an amazing website. You know, our site is super comprehensive, super detailed. Uh, and we've also been making sure that we're on listed on every single platform for social media, for NFT listings to the highest level. So I would suggest that anybody who really looks at everything we've built and have to offer, that we are arguably one of the, if not the most prepared project in DeFi for for a bull bull run because we're just everything is put together every every system's interlinked and done to a really high standard and we're ready but that's what we've built so far that that so far there's a couple of um things on the on the horizon too so it's, it's getting pretty exciting and one other thing that we've got on our roadmap is we're going to do a, a card so the the goal is that when you have this uh, passive income app where you can see about your passive income and top it up, claim your rewards, get an, an alarm when your reward's ready. The next stage of that will is that you'll be able to send your reward onto a card so that you can spend uh, in the real world. So that that that's that's uh, where we're at and that's hopefully what we'll where we'll be. All of those things will be completed in the next few months. Let's talk about the current bear period because there are some Theorists that say that Bitcoin's about to crash here very shortly and go down to an all-time low again um, as it's potentially going to lose its resistance. And the decline of Bitcoin, of course, affects Ethereum yep. and other networks. And there's a theory, whether factual, accurate, or otherwise, there's a theory that the other alt networks are going to start rising because ETH2O keeps getting delayed. We keep seeing that BNB is having scams and issues and the gas, the gas on BNB starts to go up because of its issues separately. It's not like dollars like ETH, but it's still 
you know, there was a time when it was like five cents and then there's times now it's like $3. So they're mm. seeing that BNB is starting to have some issues that weren't there before. And the theory is that it's tied to Ethereum and Bitcoin. Is there any plan to get on any of the other alt networks such as, you know, the avalanches, the polygons, uh, any of the other networks at some point is question one. Question two, if there's a plan to get on any of the other networks, and I'm assuming there need to be a bridge in order to make it all work across, what is then the go forward strategy by which I mean, what I think a lot of cryptos struggle with is to settle on what's my primary network. What's the main network that we work on? And then we may have secondary networks that we support for convenience, but there's always a main. The only project I've seen that does that is ID, ID Finance, where they said Ethereum is our main. We have Binance, we have Polygon, but at the end of the day, we're an Ethereum-based token. So talk to me about if there's any conversations about networks, cross-chain, bridging, or if you're just going to stay Binance because it's working for you. Yeah, I, I, I think we're absolutely looking at expanding just because um, the benefits of onto other networks, because the benefits of passive income, and that was what got me into this, was that anybody anywhere in the world can make an investment, particularly if we can make that easier, so you're not having to do pancake swap and stuff, which a lot of people just simply don't understand. You know, if, if you can just buy our token with Apple Pay or a credit card, you know, or with a fiat ramp, then we're opening up an opportunity for anybody anywhere in the world to access passive income. Um, now, I think that, sadly, we're going to see how important that is. Uh, passive income is important for everybody, whether you're wealthy, whether you're poor, whether you're in the middle. Everybody wants passive income, regular fund money coming in. But I think we're going to go through a fairly scary period over the coming years. And we're seeing that where we have a lot of nations where they have hyperinflation, etc. So I think the overriding opportunity of what we're trying to do linked to this amazing brand and this amazing community we've got is 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 beyond anything I've ever come across. And that's why I'm so vested. And that's why I've got to the position I'm in, because I, I believe in it so much. So just being on BNB doesn't tie in with that vision. It's too restricted. It's too small, you know, in, in terms of there are other networks. So of course, yes, we want to look at those. And we've, we've discussed that. Now, the challenge is going to be where you have the strategic benefit of, of, of being on multiple networks, you also have the potential cost of of um articulating what you are and and i think my my instinct so I will, I will be honest with you it's more of an instinct driven thing we're still refining our product i don't think now is the right time to go to the, say the next network um i think we need to do more we need to get our price up we need to get our liquidity up we need to fix some of the challenges that i've seen when i've come in and develop our team and our product and our infrastructure and when all of that is humming, then I think we need to be looking at the next network as an opportunity to kind of um, capture and engage the next set of, of investors who um, are um, loyal, perhaps to Ethereum or, or whatever it is. So yes, we absolutely want to do it. There is the timing piece and there is a concern that would have to be very carefully managed how we articulate that information. Because it's going to be tough. You know, I've touched on our ecosystem. And if you look at our website, there's a lot of stuff we do. We've got the charity, we've got this, we've got that. To do that and then 
we want to have multi-language support. So that's another layer. Then we want to have um, other networks. That That's something that um, we're going to spend a bit of time working out so that it's not just, yes, we're on all these networks, brilliant, but it becomes an advantage rather than a source of confusion. So there's a bit of work to be done there, but I think there's a timing piece as well that we're, it's a little, it's 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 uh, three, six, nine months down. Uh, three is probably too little, actually, probably six to nine months down the track. How are you going, if has been thought, but how are you going to manage, again, the newer investor paradigm? We see that there's, because you had mentioned about passive. I would actually disagree with you on one point, which is I think many of the newer investors are influenced by the let's have go to the moon do, 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 concepts that they see in largely telescam because that's what promotes that messaging or crypto moonshots or these places where they're kind of given this opinion that that's really crypto's all about is find the one that you can quick get in and quick make a buck and quick get out because a lot of yep. them have promoted this as the best way to do it. Passive is starting to be a thing but I don't know that it's promoted strong enough to where people understand it. One, two, I think there's an impatience because of the inflation you called out that people are kind of desperate to get enough money to offset the inflation. My question is if you, if any thoughts been put in and maybe it hasn't yet, but what's the plan to offset from a community, low toxicity community perspective to say, this is our stance of passive and we're not, the quick pump and dump, we're not the LFG, we're not doing those. We have a strategy and a plan. And if not, if the name doesn't make it clear, it is mm. a long-term play. Cause I don't know that in general crypto that that's really understood and explained very well to newer investors. Talk to me if you can about how that messaging is going to happen. When you talked about more social media platforms, I think that's great. If that message can be hammered home, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. Talk to me about that if you would. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, um, um, we, when we developed the branding, so I actually led the uh, quite a few of the different projects. Um, so I've got good experience in different parts of Hodel. One of them was the, um, the rebrand. And as part of the rebrand, there's your identity, there's your strap lines and your messaging. And we were positioned as the uh, as passive income made easy. And effectively, it's centered around us being a token. But we've actually been discussing in the recent weeks that we've actually um, elevated past that point now. We're moving into what was always the intention of being a passive income ecosystem. And, you know, as you said as well, we, we are we are we are about holding. That's our brand name. That's our identity. And I love that as well, that, that, our, that those four letters represent what we're about. Um, we are looking at ways to improve that. I do think there's a bit of a brand refresh. And I don't think, not, not in terms of our um, logo mark and our identity visually, but more the language. So for example, and this is kind of pretty current. So we, we rolled out updates on platforms like Nomics, uh, Lunacrush, CMC, that re-explain re to investors how the project has evolved and how it's no longer just a reward token, that it's more of a passive income ecosystem. Uh, I think our community and a lot of investors are quite exasperated as well um, because, yes, you hear the stories of people uh, buying into a project and they get that initial and relatively inevitable pump. And then it's just a case of, you know, have you caught it right? 
And I think a lot of people have had their fingers burnt, are, are tired of that. And we're, we're finding they're wanting to come into our project. They're wanting to come somewhere where they can invest uh, and feel at ease and don't have to feel that, you know, that they have to be constantly staring at charts. Because I, I do think it's quite stressful. You know, I remember when I was more on that path than, say, the passive income path and the long-term hold path. And it was, you know, I was investing into projects like Shiba Inu, you know, before it, like, pumped and Kishu and the various projects. And they're good, you know, and I don't know their full story and their full detail, but it was about investing into something for a price and then exiting for a higher price. And I actually found it incredibly stressful because you would miss, you know, I remember one day having a sleep because um, I'd been up all night doing crypto and this has gone on for weeks. I had a sleep and come back and everything's crashed. And it's like, I don't want that. I'm tired of this. I don't want, I don't want that kind of experience, you know, it affects your, your health, your happiness, your, your time off, your family. So I think actually we're finding that a lot of people like what we're about because um the community does trust us because we do tell them what's going on and you know it's pretty consistent they wake up and they're still earning reflections they're still earning rewards or right now while it's quite bearish you know we, we're offering really good aprs in in our staking pools and our farms so um we are exactly that we are long-term hold we are hodl so that's what we're here to be uh we do reward people for doing that we are capturing people that i think are fatigued from from all the other stuff which i think is uh that coming down the other side you know it was crazy last summer what we saw but i think there's been some good stories and a lot of bad stories and a lot of fatigue um and we are rolling out updates to our brand to 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 clarify that this is a long-term investment our job is to make sure that in 50 years time you're still earning and benefiting from your investment in this project uh, because I truly believe with the brand we've got, if we do this right, the lim- you know, the limits are uh, unbelievable. Uh, and we saw that in V1. You know, we got to 10,000 BNB in a reward pool. But the problem there was that the, the distribution of that pool was every 24 hours, which is a, an interesting business model. We're not that sustainable, whereas now we've, we've built solutions for that. So I... So, we're in the valley, like a lot of projects are, after that big pump and dump that you inevitably see. But but there's so many people that are so diehard and passionate holding because of that long-term play and because we know we're going to recover, particularly when the market recovers, and we're ready for the next recovery and we'll keep on with this brand because it's, in my opinion, the number one brand in crypto. So um, overall, I would just say that um, the people in the project and in the community do understand that. Uh, we are transitioning to it being a more of an ecosystem. And uh, I agree with you that our, our verbiage and our messaging, and, and that's something we're going to work on that goes out really, really better reflects that as we continue to evolve. And we're sort of just about moving through that process at the moment. But I will say, you know, you've given me a good idea there because I do think the passive income ecosystem stuff we're on the money with in terms of how that's going to roll out in our messaging. And we've started that process, but I do feel you're right that actually we should be we should own the message because it's what a lot of people want that we're something to invest in for the long term you know we have investors that talk about giving hodl to their kids that's what that's what i want you know that but that's why i'm doing this you know like um sounds cheesy but the 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 idea of creating something that's bigger than me that outlives me 
is 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 actually a big part of this. And so I do think we should do that. The flip side to that is that you can, as long as you're willing to pay the taxes, 10% in, 10% out, you can come in and trade. So, um, and we've seen some unbelievable growth at times where you could make profit on that too. So there's a balance, but I do think, I agree, you know, making sure people understand it's a long-term play is is essential. And, and, and that's absolutely what we are. And hopefully we'll have that absolutely nailed over the next few weeks as we kind of, update this verbiage because that's we've definitely evolved and the the sleep example that you told is good because goes to a token i covered called dream token which i don't know if you've heard of that one but dream tokens whole message they built it to basically work like the stock market so they built it in the contract that you can only trade during bankers hours which I emphatically disagreed with because I know what they're trying to do, which was you told the story, you know, I go to sleep, I'm staring at charts all day. I go to sleep and it's crashed. Their thought was, well, that's stressing you out. You're staring at graphs. So we're just going to block you from doing anything and force you to kind of rest and get away from it. And I've never been a fan of forcing the user to away from what they want to do. I'd rather inform and educate and kind of cultivate and nurture the investor because that increases trust. It increases confidence. These guys are taking care of me. It's not that they're forcing me to do anything. I can do it how I want to, but they're educating me, they're informing me, and they're helping me in whatever my strategy is, to your point. If you are the day trader, there are opportunities to do so. However, at the core, we are passives, and here's what the pitch is behind why we believe the passive is more long-term. Think of for your children, think of for your future, And more importantly, in bear periods, if you're just going for the day trade, that money's going to be gone before you think about it. I actually Mm -hmm. challenged listeners. If you're going after the meme tokens that do the pump and dump, if you Mm -hmm. really ran through these tools that calculate your win, your gains and losses, you probably would find you've probably lost more money than you think you have because of the timing of everything and the scams. If I took it all together, you're probably at in the red. Well, think of it differently. Do you want to keep doing that game and you're a gambler? I rec- I respect you if you say you're a gambler. No problem. Just, again, don't complain then if this project over here that was telling you up front we're long-term passive and you tried to gamble it and you failed, you have to say, well, I got it wrong. Their messaging was that it's long-term passive. I didn't go with the messaging. And as a result, I lost money. The reason I'm sharing that is that Volt Emu, which is a project that's somewhat popular, mostly because of the community, I would argue. Mm. They gave this analogy of, we want people to be long-term holders, and we don't want people yeah. dumping the project because it hurts everybody else in the project, hurts investors. So they're trying to build this kind of spirit in the community of, let's work together so we all can eat. And I like that. At the same time, I don't know that they do a good enough job, even theirs, of promoting that message long before you buy in that long before you buy in, I want you to be clear. This is what it is. And sticking with that message, which goes back to Libero, they launched with a passive income strategy in long-term. This is long-term wealth, long-term, and it pays you, but they then immediately shifted to short-term when the bear period hit and people are upset. So I always look at, it's good that we launch and we do a thing up front and everything's good, but we have to also stay the course with whatever that message is. Or if we say that 
we've got to change because of X, Y, Z. We simply let the community know and keep them in the loop about things going. So I'm happy to hear that that's part of the existing community messaging that you've got. Let me, let's, let's wrap. We're almost at time. So let me wrap it this way. One last question for you, if you would, please. This, the floor is yours for the remainder. I'd like you to, if you would, share anything you'd like to know, anything at all about yourself, the project, the team, the community, anything at all that we haven't talked about already. The floor is yours to share any and everything to close us out. And then this will then go through our podcast community. And then I'll do um, a follow on a YouTube that we chatted and share this because I want people to hear this conversation as well. So every, any and everything you want to share, the floor is yours. Okay. I think um, the thing I would want to share really is, is um, an honest account of, of, of my vision because I, the, the t- I think as a team, we share that we will have, we will share where we see this project in the future. And, that's probably what excites me the most and I feel is unique about Hodel is that we're not thinking of uh, how much money we're going to make over the next couple of months and things like that. It is where, where we're going to be in five years, 10 years. Um, but there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason why that's a valid um, uh, set of thinking is, is, is because we have just this incredible brand that, 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 in four letters articulates what we're here to be and what we're here to do and what the benefits are. You, you, you hodl, hodl and, and you gain. Uh, we know that that's a, a really powerful investment strategy and we, we're about owning that and owning that word. That's, that's our, our goal. So, so I would say, why would we go elsewhere? You know, I use the analogy cause uh, I'm a bit of a f- soccer, a bit of a football fan. You know, this is like being at the best club. You don't you don't go and play for for a lesser team when when you have this kind of opportunity and we've built so much up and my approach to that has been that okay everybody involved if you're building in this project it belongs to the project this project is about being bigger than the sum of our parts or us of individuals and that that sounds lovely but we're actually doing that through the paperwork that we're developing you know that that anybody who develops IP it, it belongs to the organisation so. I feel we have an opportunity to be like uh, the Adidas or the uh, Nike or the uh, Unilever of our of our space with this brand, and hopefully that reflects in in how we're um, passionately building this ecosystem. You know how that we're even in these bearish conditions, even though we've we've seen you know uh, people come in and enjoy that pump that you get when a project gets going and take those crazy profits, you know, we've given out 3 million in BNB, yet we're still here. And that's because we see ourselves being here in the long term. You know, one of my closest um, uh, colleagues in Hodel, you know, he, he's invested his entire, uh, effectively his entire pension. You know, he's so vested and believes in this so much and that this is his future. And, 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 there's a sense of responsibility that comes with that and that you, you turn up, you grind, you act like an adult, you, you treat people right, you're transparent, but you know, there's also an excitement that, wow, you know, what an opportunity. And if anyone doubts, you know, our intention, then look at what we, what we do, what we've done and uh, look at what we do going forward because I, I truly believe that there's no place for us as a team to go 
that could exceed the opportunity of this project. So we're just going to have fun unlocking it. And and really that goal, that vision is, is to build this really great ecosystem. You know, I, I get such pleasure off that. You know, I've, I've, I've built and sold companies that have allowed me to pay off my mortgage, have a fancy car, but I don't need the money because I'm where I worked 15, 20 hours a day. I, I enjoy what we're building here. And I think given this brand, given what we've achieved and where we're going, the, there's no better opportunity. So we're, we're in it for the long run because it's, it, it really is a pleasure. So join us. But no, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your feedback as well. And I, I had no, you know, issue coming on having an honest chat with you. Um, you made some points about the project um, and, um, you know, we're here to learn and evolve and, you know, um, we're going to do that and we're going to show you that. So appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on. And anyone listening, you can find them, of course, at hodltoken.net. We recommend, again, that you check out the site and the what they're, what uh, Mr. Roberts talked about and the things that they're working on. Um, this will be on our podcast available um, that goes out worldwide because we have a worldwide audience on the podcast side on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. And then we'll release, the way I do it is I release key segment information via YouTube and TikTok, and that just kind of scatters out throughout the week and then shares through social media so that people are aware, number one, that we did the coverage before, number two, that we did the follow-on, and number three, that I actually talked to you given the follow-on, but also to increase awareness that it's there and the things that you're working on going forward and the vision and direction. And that they heard, here's what I saw, here's why I saw it was a concern, and here's what I recommended. Doesn't mean you have to take the recommendation, but at least we had the conversation about what I saw and the whys and the recommendation. And then you said, okay, I'll look at it, that's good enough for me. And I appreciate you coming on the show. I do to chat through what you're trying to do and the community, at least the people that I talk to where there's a mutual community connect appears like they, again, even people that were there back then have said it's, it's different. They've changed people. They've changed strategy. They've changed vision. You know, here's what we see. Just talk to them and see how that goes. So I'm glad we had the chat. I will say as well, if at any point, down the road, I can be of any additional assistance. That is something I offer. If it's of any value, I offer that to any project to, because I want projects that want to succeed. As I say, want the smoke yeah. that want to succeed long-term. I feel the whole reason I'm online is to help serious projects succeed long-term because I don't want bad projects. I want them to die and I want the good projects to thrive. And sometimes there's things that people see that you don't know if you're inside the project and vice versa. Mm. So the information you shared has helped me as well to see from a different perspective of the vision, the vision and the values and the things present forward. So Mr. Roberts, I want to thank you again for joining the show and stick tight. I want to just kind of debrief with you here real quick and I'll wrap it up. That'll do it for today's crypto talk radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net. If you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different 
than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.